0: Doing some audio talking, and hopefully it all looks good. I'm concerned that there's going to be a lot of like clickety-clackety noises, because clickety-clack, I think there clack, always are.
1: Clickety-clack. What's that coming down the track? A
0: freight train.
1: A freight train coming <laughs> down the track. Chugga, chugga, chugga. chugga.
2: Clickety-clack, <laughs> clickety-clack. Okay. What's that coming down <laughs> We're the not track? doing the whole song. <laughs> a steam engine.
1: <laughs> steam engine coming down the track. Chugga, chugga, chugga. chugga.
2: chugga.
0: I want to go to more of your party. <laughs> <laughs> Topic Lords. Hi, I'm April. And I'm John.
1: And I'm Jim, and this is Topic Lords, the only place on the internet you can hear topics discussed. April, would you like to introduce yourself, or do you have anything to plug?
2: Uh, my name's April. I'm Jim's wife and the mother of his child.
1: And a Beast Lord.
2: And also the only Beast
1: Lord. Return of the Beast Lord. Don't call it a comeback.
0: <laughs> Just call it a return. Can I Can I make up some lordhood that I am also? Yes,
2: please okay. do.
1: Okay, we'll all allow this.
2: Think about it while I finish my intro. Um, I work, I play, and I don't fuck around. <laughs>
0: Let's get that on a (laughs) (laughs) t-shirt. The Beast Lord does not fuck around.
2: That's all I got. (laughs) Uh,
1: And John, would you like to introduce yourself or do you have anything to plug?
0: Sure. I'm John. Uh, I am a Beats Lord. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I like it. I I, I suppose. And uh, I am friends with both of you. (laughs)
2: It's true. We got to see each other for like the first time in a long time
0: recently. That's true. That was a really nice time. It was, I was delightful. I th-
1: and I that, forgot to that, give that trip- you your lordy.
0: Oh no! And and my my physical copy of Frog Fractions swag. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Critical oversight But it was a nice trip Regardless of that Of that oversight And I didn't realize It was a problem Until I got home And then I Then it occurred to me Oh yeah There's all these things That I didn't do Other than that though It was a great trip Because I got to see you We got to go hiking I got to see Your Scion Yeah We all got to Spend time together Got to play some D&D It
2: was a great time
0: Incredible time
2: All that packed into one day
0: Yeah (laughs) Yeah It was a tiring day It was Very tiring (laughs) Hi, kitty. But yeah, that's me. Come on, you can do it.
1: Wow. She likes me. This is the first time Spook has jumped up on somebody's lap that's in an... in the
0: lab. Oh, really? For a moment, I heard clapping and encouragement, and I was like, is, is that is that for me?
2: <laughs> it's for the kitty cat. Okay. All right, are we ready to start?
0: Yeah. I
1: think so. John, your topic is playing Grand Theft Auto V because I miss hiking in California.
0: I don't know... What your experience with various Grand Theft Auto games is, uh, either of you. But I, I feel like I have played them periodically as they've come out and then kind of like had an intense period of playing for a short time and then just set it aside as I do with many video, most video games. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's be honest. I don't play video games anymore. But, uh, but the one thing that I remember about playing the older Grand Theft Auto games is that it really felt like being in a fully realized simulacrum of a place that I kind of was familiar with so like I think about around the time when I was in in college I guess uh and I was playing San Andreas and it was like oh this is Los Angeles where I like I I used to live in that area and I know some of these landmarks and then you can drive up the coast and then you're in San Francisco or San Fierro or whatever they called it and oh that's also kind of similar because I had been in the Bay Area and there was just kind of something nice about about that feeling um, about those games back when I played them. And so anyway, all this to say that just recently um, I finally, for the first time, played Grand Theft Auto Five, and I explicitly got it because I was in the mood to explore a large space that was a lot like California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um What I have done thus far is I started up the game and I got past the the first two missions where you have to like do a bunch of violence to a bunch of people. But then after that, you can go anywhere you want. And so I immediately climbed the tallest mountain that there was.
2: <laughs>
0: and and it's just like I don't know if I'm ever going to pick it up again because like that's what I wanted to do and now I've done it.
1: But there's more mountains to climb.
2: I don't know what Grand Theft where does Grand Theft Auto 5 take place?
1: It's in Los Santos. Uh-huh. Which is a uh, fake Los Angeles. Okay.
0: Yeah, and it like at least from what I have seen so far, it looks like a pretty solid uh place that feels like Los Angeles. But again, like once you kinda get out of the city proper, then you can go to a reservoir and you can go swimming, and you can go check out this dam, and there'll yeah. be no one around except maybe a like a cyclist and then maybe some animals. And then like the further out you go, then there's these massive huge mountains and you can, I I think it's called Mount Chiliad and I forget the specific mountain that it is supposed to be like, but there's even like signs that say Mount Chiliad wilderness area or something like that. And so you can, you can go to these trails and you can hike up and you can go from different angles. And there's some places that you can take vehicles on and some places you just kind of have to walk because it's too steep to do anything else. Hmm. I very, very fun moment where I found a, I found a quad bike on the way up and hopped on it and immediately just accidentally drove off the mountain and and (laughs) died because I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm just I'm just here to to walk up a mountain and occasionally get pounced by cougars or whatever.
1: Yeah, Grand Theft Auto series starting with three has been really excellent for just I just want to jump into a space and explore it and see what I find and five is really the um, it's one that i would say they perfected that that formula hmm. like they could make another game but i don't think it's going to be significantly better than 5 at at that hmm.
2: so i was under the impression that you just had to be in cars the whole time
1: oh you can totally get out and explore on foot <laughs> or on a on a motorcycle or a jet ski okay yeah bicycle bicycle plane. yeah yep even if you aren't interested at all in the story or the violence in Grand Theft Auto V, you can get a lot of value just by poking around. Yeah, but you do have to get past that first mission, which is gross.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, and I knew that that was going to be one of the barriers, and I I went into it thinking, well, you know, perhaps this is a price that can that I can pay in order to find something of value in here. Um which is, I mean, the other thing that's very funny about it is I remember when I was first playing like Grand Theft Auto 3 in those games, it was real cool to get in a car and just drive around and kind of funny. And maybe, maybe now it's that like games have become more photorealistic or maybe my tastes have changed, but it's just a lot less fun to, to be in a situation where you're just harming people constantly. Like I'm, I'll, I'll drive one of these vehicles around and like I'm stopping at stoplights and I'm waiting for people to go. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And it's just like, there's something nice about being out on, on the highway at night, just kind of getting out of town and then taking a turn off and going to some wilderness place and hiking up under the moonlight. Yeah. Like not, not looking to harm anyone. Just, just looking to walk around a little bit. Just looking to check it out.
1: The downside of playing like that is that it's really hard not to accidentally harm somebody.
0: This is also true.
2: But the upside is, it's not real.
1: That's
0: true.
2: It, it's
1: yes, not real. Yes, that is very good.
0: And also, it's it's a fun little uh, self-imposed constraint that you can have to, uh, you know, to give yourself a challenge. Yeah. Grand Theft Auto Five, not hurting anyone challenge.
2: <laughs> <you> besides <laughs> the first couple of missions. Right. But,
0: you know, they, they, that was all, those were all basically just cinematics. They were
1: all police.
0: <laughs>
2: hey. hey, cab. <laughs>
0: But yeah, I, so I don't know. I don't know if I'll if I'll go back to it. But it did. It it was at least in that moment very cool to just. It was just like going hiking. Again.
1: Yeah. I so I, I
0: would like to do more of it.
1: Uh, if you're into that, have you played Watch Dogs Two?
0: I haven't. I haven't played Watch Dogs One.
1: Oh, you sh- you can skip Watch Dogs One. Watch okay. Dogs Two is set in the Bay Area.
0: Oh. Oh
2: yeah, I watched you play that for a while.
1: Yeah, and again, it's um, actually. So here's my favorite feature of Watch Dogs Two. There's an app on your phone that gives you experience points for taking selfies in front of San Francisco landmarks. <laughs> and so it's just a really good excuse to take a self-guided tour of the entire bay area. Like
0: That's awesome. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's really cool.
0: Is it I mean how how compressed is it?
1: It's pretty compressed. I remember okay. noting that you can drive from like from like Marin County to Palo Alto in about 5 minutes.
0: Hmm. I mean, maybe you're just real big. Yeah, <laughs> maybe this takes place in a in a universe where everyone's just enormous.
2: Yeah, the other thing that is not doesn't take place in California at all, but that I think you would enjoy is um, a game called a short hike.
0: Oh yeah, I love a short hike.
2: Oh, okay, good. You've
0: already um, I, been there, I, done I, that. I, I've been there, done that. But but it is like I'm glad you bring it up because for those who haven't played it, like, what are you waiting for? Yeah, um, it's. It's just so nice and so sweet and it's, it's short. It is a short hike. <laughs> um, and I think there's, I mean, I don't know if you have like 100% of it or anything, but, um, I, I found that I didn't really have the stamina for that. No, but, but it was just like doing, doing the main story and interacting with the people you meet along the way and, and having that nice denouement when you, when you do the thing, Um mm-hmm. uh, yeah. was mm-hmm. just so excellent. Yeah now I want to see a short hike mod for Grand Theft Auto Five. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the same thing. But rather than hurting people, you just like go and talk to them and race them and have, yeah. have a hang glider that you can <laughs> zoom around on and pick up coins.
2: So I tried playing a short hike on Jim's computer and we kept crashing it because um, I would put on the settings. That would make it not look horrible.
1: Uh, um, oh yeah, turning off the pixel art filter.
2: Yeah. So I would like turn on cause I just have a hard time with like jaggedy pixely uh, games. It hurts my brain and my eyes. Um and so we just kept crashing his computer. Um but then it came out on the switch and the switch didn't crash when you Yeah. When you uh well, there
1: you go. When switch version works great it out. <laughs> that also it's like it's just a perfect game experience on, on the Switch.
0: Yes. What is what is perfect about it on the Switch versus another system?
1: It, it, it's a very casual, like, it, it feels like the sort of game that you want to play in an armchair, you know, mm. or in bed. <laughs> a very cozy situation.
0: Right.
2: Which isn't sitting at your computer at a desk.
0: Yeah. That, that's, a, that's a good point. I think, now that I think about it, when I played it, I think I was at my laptop Oh, it was actually, that. this was the first time that I used the Steam controller that had been uh-huh. to me, which was, like, very, very good peripheral to use for that game, I found.
1: Are we ready for another topic? Sure. Yep. April, your topic is embroidery.
2: Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, I've recently, like, I don't know, in the last five or six months or so, I've really gotten into embroidery, which is a needle art. Um, or craft, depending on who you ask. There's actually a lot of controversy about this on the embroidery community. Art
1: versus craft?
2: Like, is embroidery a craft or is it an art?
0: Oh, no. Wait, wait, wait. That, that sounds, you know? Something about that sounds like kind of gatekeeping. is. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yep. Okay. There's a okay, lot no, of, no, like... No, let's,
1: let's rehash that conversation again.
2: There's a lot of, <laughs> like gatekeepiness about fabric arts in general. Um like crochet what and he
1: is the citizen
0: cane of Needlepoint.
2: I don't know what that means. <laughs> I've never seen citizen Kane.
0: <laughs> Sounds like a Zen Koan like anyways,
2: <laughs> um I, I'm just gonna call it art. Um especially it's especially art when I like create my own designs, I feel like, you know like I can see how some people might say it's a craft if you're, you know, working a, a, off of other people's um, templates or designs or whatever. But I think it's art. Whatever. It's difficult. It takes practice. It takes skills. And you get better at it over time. And it's a piece of physical media that you look at.
1: <laughs> and it doesn't and it scale. doesn't scale. It doesn't scale? <laughs> it's, sorry, go on. You can't,
0: you can't do bigger ones? No. Um. So, So I've seen some of these that you've done. For, first of all, for those who, uh, of you who have not, I hope we can find a link somewhere in notes that, that where, where people can see examples of of your work because sure. I, think, I think it's really impressive. Thank but you. But also, like I, I, I don't think I realized that you were designing these entirely yourself.
2: Some of them, I am. Like I would say, S- okay. like at least half of them that I've done um, are my own designs. Um, okay. it really just depends on how I'm feeling. Like, cause I see other designs out there and I'm like, oh, I want to make that. And so then I, you know, I, I pay for, um, someone else's design and I download it and, and I, you know, sometimes I'll do like my own color choices. Um, yeah, I'd say like half of them are my own design and I always try to like make it really clear, especially on like Instagram or whatever. Like this is so-and-so's pattern if I'm, mm. you know, doing someone else's pattern. But if it's my own design, I say that. The latest one that I did, the, I don't know if you saw it, but it's basically like a kind of an abstract of California Hills. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was my own design.
0: Yeah. Cause I was going to say, I, th- there's no debate in my mind. Like that is art. <laughs> um, I think it's also craft because you have to be able to take this, this image that you have in your head and physically do the thing to make it look the way you wanted it. But like. I, I, it's just it, it's stunning. Like I, I I'm really, really um, blown away by just like the thought that goes into like the direction of the stitches that you're doing, and like how you're how you're bringing the um, the 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 thread across and everything like that. Like I, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it because I've never I've never done embroidery properly.
2: Yeah. Or, so embroidery is really interesting because there's so there's so many different stitches, and this is a really ancient like art form. Like this has been around for as long as there's been thread basically. Wow. There's thousands of different stitches and there's like three or four different ways to do each type of stitch. I've just been like spending my time just like learning a bunch of different stitches and figuring out like which ones that I like and which ones that I hate um, and which ones are you know good for for certain like stylistic choices that you're trying to create. It's been super fun and also and a completely like not really like related to creating it. It's also really fun to buy thread <laughs> and <laughs> yes. and like yes. wind it onto bobbins and like have like a nice like little thread collection and a nice coop collection. And, you know, there's you can have these like cute little needle minders, which um, are like magnets that um, you stick onto the fabric that's, well, it's in your hoop and you can put your needle on there so your needle doesn't fall on the floor and your, you know, three-year-old child steps on it.
0: (laughs) Right. I think I've seen, Do you have one that's like a little troll or something. Yeah, it's like a a little
2: gnome. I have a gnome one. I have one that looks like a little mountain and then I have one that looks like a little birdie.
0: So there's like a collection of of accoutrement that goes with this thing that sounds like it's just fun to have. It
2: is. Yeah. And it's like, And it's fun to organize and then like it turns into chaos as you're working through a project. Um, and then after you like finish a project, you know, you revert back to order at least a little bit. And so I've been really finding that it's also incredibly like meditative and very good at kind of staving off anxiety. Um, especially the satin stitch, which is what stitch the stitch that I used for that California Hills. Mm. Um, piece of art. It's a very, very like repetitive stitch that you want to get really, really smooth. Um, and it's very like calming to do over and mm. over and over again, and kind of filling a space.
0: I I have a question. Yeah. When you pick it up to work on it, like how much can you do at a time? Like, do you spend twenty minutes or do you spend an hour or? longer
2: really depends like oftentimes and during the week you know um when jim is cooking dinner i'll sit down at the kitchen table and i'll just kind of stitch for i don't know 20 minutes while he's working on cooking and we'll talk and winston will be running around doing his winston thing and sometimes winston wants to stitch and so i have this like little, (sighs) i have this little like plastic butterfly with all these little holes in it um, and, um, a craft needle, which is like a blunt needle and some thread for him. And so we'll get those out sometimes and, and he'll practice stitching. That is fantastic. It's
0: really cute. <laughs> oh my gosh. It is adorable.
2: Yeah. Like when we were on vacation last weekend, he was at the gift shop and he decided he wanted to get a sewing kit because <laughs> he sees me, sto- me sewing. <laughs> Which just, like, warmed our our hearts. And we were like, sure, you can get it. And Jim's like, this is full of sharps. (laughs) That's like, yes. Yes, it is.
0: (laughs) I mean, there is danger, but it is also engendering some interest in artistic stuff that he can do alongside you, which is adorable.
2: It's really cute, especially since, like, he in general is not that interested in doing Art or crafts, like he's much more interested in running around outside and digging holes with his trucks, or I don't know, all sorts of things like that. Sounds
0: like perhaps he contains multitudes. He does, he just...
2: <laughs> as we all do.
0: Exactly. Yeah, like you're, but... you're giving him good examples to to emulate.
2: Yeah, and I like for him to see both of us doing a thing that we enjoy. Like he yeah. knows he knows that Jim loves <laughs> loves cooking. Uh, I'm trying to remember the story. It was Jim's birthday at the beginning of last month. And before his birthday, I was asking him like, what do you want to get daddy for his birthday? And he was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, what does daddy like? And he was like, he likes cooking. And I was like, yeah, he sure (laughs) does. And he was like, we can get him a frying pan, (laughs) which is very good. And then he was like, well, daddy also likes walking. We could get him a sidewalk.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What a good kid. Yeah.
2: Quality jokes. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I've been really interested or really enjoying embroidery. Um, Really enjoying the kind of community that I've been finding on like Instagram embroidery. A lot of really like just kind people, almost entirely women. But there are a few men out there who – there's there's at least one guy I know that's a cross-stitcher anyways. Like cross-stitch is different than embroidery um, because it's just one stitch over and over again.
0: I, I was going to say, guess what? You actually know two. That's right. And I know I, you. And I, as I raise my hand.
2: Yeah. How's that How's that map coming along?
0: Well, it, it's it's still coming along, but I, I'm kind of at a I, – I don't know. It, it's like whereas you can pick something up and work on it for a few minutes – For me, it's like I need to sit down and lock in and put on something to watch in the background Mm -hmm. and just, like, work on it for several hours. Yeah. Or else I don't feel like I'm getting anything done. But Mm -hmm. I think it's because, like, there's a lot of, I don't know, there's a lot of, like, weird planning and and route planning that I have to come up with to decide, like, what's the optimal way to get, get these different squares that are the same color without wasting a lot of thread. Yeah, traveling between them and stuff like that. So, so it's you'll kind have of a, to
2: send me a photo of it. I haven't seen it in a while.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll probably do some work on it this weekend. So I'll uh, I'll send you the updates. It's getting very exciting. I'm on to the the northern continents
2: for the for the listeners. What are you making a map of?
0: Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, so I am making a map of the world of balance from. Final Fantasy VI, or Final Fantasy III in the United States. And I have a piece of blue fabric to represent the ocean, and then I'm just doing the continents and various islands and stuff around that, Um, and I'm marking notable locations with uh, red, so if you ever want to go and visit them, you know where to go. Nice. Um, Yeah. I like it. I've attempted Final Fantasy maps in cross-stitch before, and... Honestly, I I started one back like before you and I lived together, Jim.
1: <laughs> wow,
0: that I have I'm still like not half finished with. Um, yeah, so I mean, even this project
1: point, seemed very ambitious to me.
0: This this one is also ambitious, but it's a little it's a little less um, unattainable, I think, because I know what I'm getting myself into, and I mean, as I'm saying it, I don't know if I believe myself. <laughs> um, so so stay tuned, but. I've invested a lot of time so far, so the yeah. only, only way out is through.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm currently working on like a little floral scene for my mom for Mother's Day. Uh, Mother's Day kind of snuck up on me, so um, yeah. I'm really just kind of just pounding away at that, hoping I can get it finished.
1: Well, if you can't if you believe- get it done in time, you can always set it on fire for the insurance money.
2: Yeah.
0: That's true. Well, I, I believe in you. You'll make it but happen. I
2: think my next project is gonna be. It's, it's kind of inspired by you. I I want to do the map of um one of my favorite book series. Um, I really like the Aborsen series by uh, Garth Nix. It's like kind of a young adult uh, fantasy series about about necromancy, basically, and magic. Um, and I think I'm gonna do a, one of the like the inset maps. Because there is a map that's just of the abortion house and I think and the surrounding like uh, grounds. And I think I'm going to draw that up and wow. then stitch it.
0: That sounds awesome. Mm. Yeah. I, I am looking forward to seeing all of these. Uh, it is a delight to see the work you've done. Thank so you. So <laughs> I, I can't wait to see more of it.
2: All right, Jim, do you want to do your topic?
1: All right. Uh, my topic is jokes that three-year-olds tell. And this is uh this is something that happened a few days ago. Uh, I was trying to get Winston to wash his hands in the bathroom, and I was like, "Okay, buddy, grab your steps and put them in front of the sink." And he has little, these little, he has this little step stool. It's like two two steps, and he was already like when I said that he was already standing on the steps, like because it was fun. He had just climbed with them already, and he was up. And, but then they were like off in, in the middle of nowhere in the bathroom, and um. He just got this, like, the biggest shitty eating grin on his face, and he reached into the bin of bath toys that we have, and he pulled out this blue styrofoam block, like a building block, that was shaped like stairs. And he said, these ones? <laughs> and I was just, like, I was so smitten by this. Like, I was like, okay, Winston, I, I really, like, I love this joke. I really appreciate it. But also, can you get your big white steps and put them in front of the sink? Uh, and he said, "Let's try this one." And he put them down in front of the sink and stepped on them, like and the styrofoams were just squished under his feet, and he got like an extra millimeter of height.
2: He's just smiling. I'm. I was in the. I was in his bedroom just watching this. <laughs>
1: And and he spent like the next minute just standing on these blue star, this blue this blue styrofoam block.
2: These ones, <laughs> <laughs> just grinning from yeah. ear to ear.
0: Yeah, yeah. Is this his general sense of humor that you've noticed, or is this something new?
1: <laughs> I I th- I think this is. I mean, this is an outlier in terms of like mm, how much okay. I enjoyed it.
0: This was a pretty good <laughs> joke.
1: Yeah, but it is like. I think this is what he's been leading up to.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's a bit more edgy than his older stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he's
1: working blue now.
0: <laughs> right. It sounds delightful and and what I know about him um I can I can I can picture him just with <laughs> with a big goofy smile.
1: Very uh very heartwarming. D- I did eventually get him to wash his hands.
2: Yeah. He can well, be a difficult the, boy. He can. I
0: was going to say, here's, that's the other question. Was this was this use of humor a deflection from wanting to do the thing? Everything is a deflection. Yeah. No, definitely <laughs> it was. Yeah, he
2: is at the point in his life where he wants to say no to everything <laughs> and <laughs> wants to delay everything that we tell him to do pretty much.
1: Even things he wants
0: to do. Yeah. And now he's finding ways of disarming you with humor. Uh-huh. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Sometimes he disar- tries to disarm us with like hugs.
0: Oh, it works. Excellent. Yeah, it does. I mean, I, and, and and who who are y'all to deny a a, a young child his uh, his really good joke or his or his warm hug? Mm-hmm. Like he's he no, would never. No, yeah. exactly. He he doesn't need to do that thing that you want him to do. He's he's just <laughs> over here being adorable.
2: Uh-huh. It goes oh, a me. long way. It does. It also really helps that he's cute when he sleeps. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, he's okay. cute all the time, but there's something very...
1: When he's not actively running around destroying things
2: because he's asleep. throwing his stuffed animals in my face as he was doing tonight. Right, right.
0: <laughs> oh, no. I mean, <laughs> is, is, this, is this a normal, like, he's just super excited and active? Like, is there certain... Times like the, is this a pre bedtime ritual where he just like becomes a terror?
2: Tonight was he was extra terror-y. Um but, I think but he was, was to honest. You he was, yeah. I also think that he was a little extra tired. Mm-hmm. So essentially, like the more tired he gets, the more disordered he basically gets. And so you know, you just have to you gotta take some deep breaths, redirect him. Yeah. Yeah,
0: hey, 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 Winston, same.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's just like us, except that he has way less impulse control than we do, um, because his frontal lobe is not developed.
0: There you go. But it sounds like he's channeling it into humor, so...
2: Sometimes, yes. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes into just throwing things. Yes. So we're working on it, just like everything... He's a work of a work in progress, just like us.
1: A work in progress.
2: Progress. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, I love it.
1: Are we ready for another topic? Yeah. Sure. For this topic, we're going to be reading and discussing the poem Moondrops Tale." Shall I begin? Yeah. Uh, would you? Do you think you should give context for this before or after?
0: Let me read it, and then we can talk about it. Okay. We can do the annotation afterwards. Sounds good. Okay. Gather now, and hear the tale of druid Moondrop Honeysuckle, braver than she could be careful, born of will that would not buckle, on a quest to heal the forest, seeking knowledge from the yew tree, found a path beneath the world, and carelessly did go alone. She traveled south beyond the church to seek the source of the corruption, but when she arrived she found a creature and an introduction. You can call me Granny, spoke the voice that rang inside her head. "'I live here with the worms and dirt, so hello!' Then did she reply, "'My name is Moondrop Honeysuckle, late of Braywood to the north. "'I heard of something deep beneath the swamp, a mystery to untie. "'I have come to ask you for the knowledge that I am told you proffer. "'In exchange for your good counsel, is there something I may offer?' Then did Granny stop and ponder that which Moondrop spoke with courage. "'Could she be one who be worthy, or would she yet be discouraged?' I can show you lands of wonder greater than what you have seen. The ancient place upon the dead star in the ultraviolet city. Here did Moondrop's silent warning fail to save her life in time. For suddenly, without a moment lost, did Granny pounce, and therefore, far below the swamp at lost hope, all alone in dim and darkness, Moondrop's mind was taken from her, leaving not a shred of conscience. Thereupon the stone I found her, head split open, still and lifeless. Moondrop honeysuckle, on a mission there to stoke the brightness. Failed her quest and left her daughter hunting for her killer, and for answers to the questions of what makes a person dangerous. For in the deepest places of this world exist great frights indeed. The ancient place, upon the dead star in the ultraviolet city.
1: Chills.
2: (laughs) It's... It's like I,
0: still, it, it's it's pretty good. It's really it's, good. It's pretty good, and it's plot relevant. Yeah. <laughs> so, do, yeah, do we want to? I mean, impressions. Do we do reactions? Yeah. What's your like-
2: impression here?
1: Tim? So, just from a, from an analytic standpoint, uh, this poem is interesting vis a vis all the poems we've done so far in that it's just telling a story. Yeah. Which is not the form that they usually take like there's a there is conveying plot beats. Mhm. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. A lot of poems like fantasy poems are this way.
1: Yeah.
0: One of the reasons I went with this form, shoot, I should have looked up this guy's name. There was well, a first of contrib- all,
1: like, give give some context for this thing. Like what
0: Okay. Yes. So this was a narrative poem that I wrote around uh having to do with April's character Dewdrop Honeysuckle from the D&D campaign that I ran, uh, in which April you were a player. Yeah. And the context was that Moondrop is your character's mother, and Moondrop was also an adventurer who traveled into a deep, dark place to try to restore the forest. And when she was there, she met something calling itself Granny, that spoke inside of her head.
2: Spoilers, Granny's a mind flare.
1: Oh,
0: spoiler alert! Indeed, yeah, <laughs> Granny, Granny, the mind Flayer. Um, but she didn't know that at the time because she was all disguising herself. So Moondrop goes there and is it has her head split open and has her brain extracted and and then the narrator, who is just some bard who is unnecessarily relevant, uh, found her and then is now telling this story. And um, I, I I don't remember. The specifics of how this came into play, like, I don't remember if this was a, a poem that, that I read in the context of, oh, you're sitting in a bar and you hear this story, or if it was just like...
2: I think that's what happened.
0: Okay, got it. Yeah, because I think I think when I put it together, I'm just like, hey, April, here, here's some flavor for you. <laughs> like, <laughs> just just sit with this and, and ponder for a minute and see if this gets you into your motivation.
2: Yeah, and I was just like, whoa, not cool. That's my mom.
0: Yeah, who who later came back as a as a, a spectre as I recall. Which yes. Was another like yeah.
2: Because we went you, to Lost Hope.
0: You did. You found the, the wreckage of what some other party had done there, I think. Did you find like you just found a bunch of a bunch of carnage?
2: Yeah. And, and, then, and
0: then you left and then as you were leaving you found the specter. Yep. I, I'm pretty proud of this and just in the way that it can tell a story and that it's mostly in a coherent rhyming structure. Yeah, cu- couple of liberties taken here and there.
2: That's beautiful.
0: But well, thank you, thank you. But other other things that are, that are kind of fun about it. Um, there's a there's a lot here around the campaign. Just concepts like the concept of the ultraviolet city, which is um, in, in my mind, it was like the 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 place where the mind flayers would would do their their dirty business, whatever that would be, something unknowable and and, and alien, and then. Lost Hope was the name of the swamp where Granny the Mind Flayer lived. But Lost Hope itself was actually a name that was stolen from Strange and Norrell. I forget what the the specific, the full title of it is. Jonathan Strange and Mr. Oh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell
2: or Norrell. Yeah,
0: I I always said it as Norrell, but I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, like in that place, the fairy kingdom is called Lost Hope. Ah. Um, and so that's kind of where that came from, not to demystify all that stuff um but other things like Braywood is just the location that it took place, and um ultraviolet City itself is something that was taken from the skeleton jelly comic. <laughs> <laughs> Are you familiar with the skeleton jelly? No, well, that's gonna be a link in the show notes um <laughs> no there's a there's some weird outsider art comic um that is just a, a shambling skeletal gelatinous thing going around saying i am skeleton jelly i am skeleton jelly and then interacting with strange things anyway mm-hmm. i, I did not want to spoil it but um there's a reference to an ultraviolet city which i just loved and thought i'm gonna i'm gonna take this and throw it in there
2: yeah yeah i was a uh, uh, there's something really evocative about the words ultraviolet city yeah. and uh, to be honest like it, that was the scariest thing in that whole campaign, like scarier than <laughs> granny it was just like what is the ultraviolet city that li- that is upon a dead star like that yeah. w- and how does this fit into
0: a fantasy D&D world
2: <laughs> because that's very sci fi and futuristic, you know,
0: yeah, I mean like the the vibe that I was going for was like like the idea that there's things just out of your range of perception. Yes. that are dangerous and haunted and and scary. Um, right. and and if you if you have the means to access them, then you can go there and you can you can you know do what you're going to do. Yeah. which is which is why the the culmination of that campaign involved taking hallucinogenic mushrooms and going into a place that is like a passage between the world and when you do that, it's like you fall sideways through reality and then you're somewhere else and then you fight the big boss.
2: Yeah. Good times.
0: (laughs) Yup. Man, I I I miss that campaign so much. (laughs)
2: Me too. Good times. You gotta move back.
0: (laughs) I don't think that's happening. (laughs) One day. One day. Or you could move here. That's fine too.
1: That would be good too. I think more likely is we're gonna move somewhere else and then you're gonna move back here and be like, where'd you guys go?
0: I mean that that is not out of the realm of possibility either. Yeah. But but wouldn't it be nice if we were within within like a drive?
2: Would not be nice.
0: Well, anyway, that's my poem. Thank you for thank you for listening. Thank you for, thank you for listening it. to me to me rant and rave about all the stuff behind it as well.
2: Good old moondrop.
0: Yeah, Good old moondrop. She didn't deserve it.
2: No, very few people deserve to have their heads cracked open like a coconut and in their insides scooped out by a
1: mind flare.
0: Yeah. Now I'm trying to think of who does deserve that. But that's for another time.
1: I don't know. <laughs> that could be a topic from right, for right. next episode. Charles Manson, I don't
2: know.
0: <laughs> People who talk at the theater.
1: Sorry. April, <laughs> hey, your topic is Survivor.
2: Yeah. Um so I'm really into the show Survivor. Jim is not cuz it stresses him out. Yeah. But which is funny cuz Jim watches like these like dramas and horror movie shows that, like, totally stress me out that I can't. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, so the difference is that, like, Survivor, that shit's really happening to real people, which makes it automatically more stressful than any work of fiction could ever they be. They chose it. Yeah. Yeah. So that makes it less stressful.
2: And they know they knew what it was going to be like going in, except for everyone on the first show. Like, <laughs> so the first season of Survivor is kind of magical because, like, there's literally basically no strategy at all. It oh. almost feels like a documentary if you, like, go back and watch <laughs> it. Because it's just, like, it's really weird. It's weird to watch the first season, and it's interesting, totally worth it. But, like, New School Survivor, we're season 42 now, by the way. Season 42 is happening right now. It's one of the best seasons I've seen in a while. Wait a wait, minute.
0: How many seasons do they have in a year? Two. Oh, they do? Okay, all right.
2: So this is... 21 years.
0: Yeah, okay. I was going to say, like, I remember it either in the 90s or, I guess, 2000. I yeah,
2: I think it was 2000 was the first year because okay. they had to skip a year because of COVID. Ah. Um, uh, okay. So, yeah, um, I saw the first season in 2000. You should have done,
1: like, Z- Survivor over Zoom. <laughs> that would have been...
2: <laughs> uh, that's basically Big Brother.
1: Oh, is it?
0: Okay. <laughs> Build a fort in your home using the things around you, or you won't have shelter.
1: Well, you, they, they're going to play Minecraft and have a Zoom call. Yeah, and
0: then so that's got to be a thing, right? Survivor, so, yeah, probably.
2: Has this really. So basically, the idea of Survivor is that a bunch of people get dropped on an island and they have to. They get separated into tribes and they have to compete. The tribe that loses, they have to go to tribal council um, where they talk to the host, who's this guy named Jeff Probst. And they have, like, they sit around like a campfire, they talk, and then they vote someone from their own tribe out. Oof. Until eventually. They get far enough in the game and the tribes join up together into one single tribe. And then it becomes um, an individual game. Um, And so people are competing for immunity for just themselves. And then they go to tribal council and vote someone out. And after the merge, which is when all of the tribes kind of come together into one, because sometimes there's two tribes, sometimes there's three. They've done different things over the years. They um have this thing called the jury, and this is a really interesting part to me is that the jury decides who wins, so these are all the people that have been voted out over the second half of the game.
0: Oh, wait a minute, okay, sorry, sorry I, yeah, I, I, not to interrupt but, I, but I'm, Im I'm trying to get a handle on this so yeah. so like how many people are on the jury, and how many people are are they deciding amongst?
2: Um, typically on the jury, it's, like, 10 to 11-ish people, um, and they're usually deciding amongst three. Um, there have been some seasons where they decide amongst two, but they've, they've kind of switched to doing three, just because getting it down to two has always been sort of unfair. Um, Uh, the the last vote off is always a little bit, like, kind of tricky and unfair. Yeah, so there's a lot of evolutions there that go on there, um, in the beginning, there are a lot more two two people like final survivors. So basically, at the at the end, there's all these people that you have the the two people who are or three people who are trying to win this game have voted off, and you have to convince the jury to vote for you. So you have to advocate for like the jury gets to ask you questions about like why did you make this decision. Um, you didn't help at all around camp. Why didn't you help at all around camp? You know, because not only are they doing these competitions and going to tribal council and all that stuff, but they're also like finding firewood and keeping fires going and living in the rain and building sh- building shelters and you know going spear fishing. Um, because they're given very little food. Sometimes they're not given food at all. Sometimes they get some rice. Sometimes they don't.
0: So it's like actual surviving. Yeah. Like, in addition to right. Doing these challenges? Okay, wow. So,
2: the game has evolved a lot over the over the last 20 years. They've introduced things like hidden immunity idols, which means that people sometimes go off into the woods and try to find tiny little pieces of, like, like paper um, in the crook of a tree or buried under a rock or could be, like, anywhere. And somehow these people find them. <laughs> like, and they can play their hidden immunity idol, um to save themselves or save somebody else if they think that the vote is not going to go their way. And there's been some amazing gameplay around hidden immunity idols and there's other advantages that can happen. And it's really just a fascinating game because
1: the hasn't, hasn't there been like more than one situation where like someone just made their own little sculpture and and called it a hidden immunity idol. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Like, they'll find – So, sometimes there will be clues for hidden immunity idols. Like, oh, um, it's in the tree that looks looks like it's wearing a dress or something like that. Um, And someone will find the actual idol. And then they'll be like, you know what? I'm going to make a fake one. And so, they'll spend their time, like, whittling a little, like – you know, like with a knife, like carving up like a little thing that looks like the somewhat like the idol that they found. They'll wrap it in that original paper that says like, oh, this is the hidden immunity idol. And they'll hide it in the same place. <laughs> so people think that they've got the hidden immunity idol and they'll try to play it. And guess what? It's fake.
0: That is wild. <laughs>
2: it's There's so much like nuance in this game. Also, like the social aspect of this game is really fascinating because like... You want to get rid of threats in the game, like people who are a threat to you because their gameplay is good, right? But you don't want to become too much of a threat because then other people will try to vote you out. And there's all sorts of like, you need to know, like, you have to keep track of like, what did I tell this person and that person? And can I trust this person to not repeat what I've said? And you just like, some people are masterful at the social aspect of the game. And sometimes those people win and sometimes they don't. And then there's other people who are just, like, physically so, like... Like, there's this one player named Ozzy who's played, I think, three or four times. He's never won. He is essentially, like... He's like a fish. Like, he's meant to live in the ocean and on the beach. Like, he would just slay at basically every challenge. Like, he would be, he would carry his team, and they would, like, basically always win, and when it came to the individual stuff, like, he would often win. He was even good at puzzles, because they have puzzle aspects of the ga- in the challenges, too. He's kind of a jerk sometimes, but, you know, sometimes this game brings out the worst in people. But he was just like so fun to like he would climb up these like crazy what are they called uh coconut trees like he'd climb like 50 feet into the air like just by holding on to the to the trunk of the palm tree and climbing with his feet just like on the trunk like <laughs> just like basically oh, just, walking up it
0: I, I i think i've seen people do that kind of thing but i didn't realize that this was something that i mean i guess if he's been on the show multiple times then like At this point, he's a professional survivor player, (laughs) (laughs) which I was going to ask. So, so how is it that people, I mean, do they have like celebrity survivor stuff where it's like bring back, you know, bring back people from past seasons of it?
2: They have had they call it all stars, basically, oh, okay. uh, usually, um, they bring back like people who have played in the past that are like fan favorites, or they were like really good or f- or villains. like right. there's a couple of super famous villains in the game that are like hated. So that's interesting. Um, so they do fan favorites. Sometimes they do fans versus, uh, favorites where it's like all new players on one team and, um, and then people who have played before on another team. Sometimes they bring back just like two of the, um, of the previous players and they put one on each team. And like people are always like, Oh, you've played this before. Can you help us build a shelter? Um,
1: we're gonna vote you out first. They've had celebrities
2: on the on it before. Um they've had lots of football players.
1: <laughs> hmm. I'm
2: trying to think if they've had any other like big kind of celebrities. Mostly just football players and sometimes the wives of football players.
0: Oh. Well, yeah. Mean, sure.
2: It's really interesting. And and lately, um there's been a lot of like problems with it too. It's been very white and very uh, young. And since, um, season 39, maybe 40, they, uh, CBS, which is the company that, you know, runs it, they have made a pledge that at least 50% of the cast will be people of color. Um, and honestly, it's made the game so much more interesting because you just have much more like uh, having a diverse cast means you have like more diverse personalities, um, yeah, and you have more interesting gameplay just in general. Um, and I think that this, I think that the this game is an excellent game, and I look forward to it every single week when it's
0: airing. <laughs> how long is it? How long is a season?
2: Um. I'm not sure, like, maybe 16 episodes, let me, let me, let me look.
0: Is, is it like one a week, or are there multiple a week?
2: It's one a week, they're usually at okay. one hour, but sometimes they're two hours, like the, the merge, um, episodes are often two hours, um, and the last episode is always two hours, sometimes three hours, um. So, yeah, let's see. It looks like there are usually about 14 episodes per season. Okay. So, at least the newer ones.
0: And does does each episode then end with somebody leaving?
2: Yes. Each episode ends with someone leaving. Um, sometimes two people leaving. Sometimes they have a double. Um, oh, no. Yeah. And then also, like, there's been some, like, crazy, like, medical emergencies that have happened <sighs> on the... On the show, like I remember one season where like three people went down, like at the same challenge for heat exhaustion, and one of them had to get like helicoptered out. <laughs> no! Because sometimes, cause, so for, they for a long time they went to like a different, like tropical ish location every mm. season, and then like the last I think ten years or so they just do every episode or every season in Fiji. But some of the places that they went to were just incredibly hot, like super hot. And people have to you have to, like, boil your water because you're, you know, it's you're in the jungle and sometimes people couldn't get fire. And so they couldn't boil water. So they couldn't drink water.
0: Jeez. Yeah. I mean, hopefully they're being cared for. And this is not like something where you're signing a release. Um. Who's who's assuming the liability here? I
2: think that it's kind of the goalposts have moved over time. Mm. It's become less dangerous in that sense over mm. time um because I think they realized that uh there's just too much liability. Like the the gate the challenges also to be used to be really physical um in the earlier games like they used to have like a challenge where like people would start um, on either side and you have to like run to the middle and try to grab a thing and like get it back to your side, kind of like capture the flag. But you got mm. to like tackle people and like pull them down and, and like people kept getting like their shoulders dislocated <laughs> and, and broken noses. And they, they kind of stopped doing that sort of thing.
0: I mean, it sounds like they've been iterating long enough that they are now to the point where well, ba- well based on, on how you're describing, it sounds like it's, fairly different from how it was at the start and maybe Very different. initially they didn't really know what the game was yeah <laughs> and and the, and now they've found the things that are like good about it and are fun about it
2: yeah and that's one of the things that's really interesting about it is that in many ways the players have made the game like mm. the the producers didn't teach any of the players like the strategies of like having an alliance with other people on your team like this is these are things that you know people kind of came up with um over time and and so in a lot of ways the the game has just evolved it's a much like it's a completely different game season 42 versus season 2 and that's really kind of what keeps me coming back is that like, what What? What crazy thing is going to happen <laughs> this time? Like, what cool strategy is going to happen? What kind of gameplay am I going to see that I've never seen before?
0: This season, lasers.
1: <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah. Instead of giving out flint to set the start the fire, they could give out lasers. Mm-hmm. Good
0: idea. Every, everyone gets a, uh, a magnifying glass, and you have to use it to... To point of are you going to bring your glasses there
2: are there have definitely been (laughs) people in the past who have started fires using their glasses which is awesome wow like using a drop of water on their glasses
0: that's amazing well yeah yeah, okay so full disclosure i have never seen an episode of survivor in my life Uh and in fact most reality tv competition shows i think are not for me yeah. Um the only exception being the Great British baking show. Yeah, I hear you. It's because it's cozy, right? It's uh-huh. just like everyone kind of yep. chilling and oh I hope my I hope my bars are the tastiest. Um and then someone <laughs> goes home. You know, I mean like it's just like the stakes are fairly low. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um other than being, you know, not Like the
2: people to be that win on. that game just get like a pie ser- or like a cake server, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> and they get
0: told that they're the best, you know. Yeah. Um, but I mean, but based on based on what I have seen about survivor and, life, and what I have just see, the ways that I've seen it depicted in media and pop culture over the years, it just sounds like it is cutthroat. Oh, it all is all the way.
2: It is. But there's also some a lot of surprising moments of humanity too. Really? Yeah, there really are. It's, it's really nuanced. Um, Yeah, I can. I can definitely think of one. Like, so they have this thing um, towards the end. uh, They have like a, a family member visit. And I've definitely like seen people like win that visit. And give it up for someone else on their tribe because, like, you know, like this per, they're like, you know, this is my sister that's here to see me. I love you, sister. But this person hasn't seen their wife, you know, in a really long Mm. time. And they're, they're really sad about not seeing their wife. I'm going to give it to them. Um, And while some of that is strategic, most of the time I think that that is really just about like humanity, you know? Um, Mm. So there are definitely moments like that. And people really, um there have been some really good like power couples on the game and by couples i don't necessarily mean like people who are dating but just like two you know two players who just happen, it does happen it happened a lot more in the past than it does now now if people see that shit happening they vote those people out they're just like <laughs> fuck you you're out of here you're not you are not Robin amber you are not going to win this <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the it's a bad idea to, to couple up on Survivor now. But people, um, there have been some really excellent, like, pairs um, on the game who have just, like, had each other's back until usually close to the end. And usually they then um, have to turn on each other because they've played the same game. And so they have to do something to differentiate themselves so that they can win in the end um but yeah like seeing that sort of like uh level of commitment is really interesting and then also seeing how some people can manipulate other people is just fascinating there's this one woman her name is seri she's absolutely my favorite player she's never won um but she is probably the best survivor player um out there. There was one time she got eliminated in the most bizarre fashion ever. I can't even explain it right now, but literally she got no votes, but because of the way some advantages were played and some other things happened, she was the only person that could be voted out. <laughs> and so she was voted out. Um, and she would have won that season. Um, like there was another time when they decided to do a two person, um, uh, tribal, uh, like, final tribal council instead of a three, and she was voted out as, she was third, vo- she was the, the third person, and she got voted out. Like, she would have definitely won that season, too. Um, so, but yeah, she is a master manipulator. I've seen her just, like, just say, like, a couple of words and just, like, just turn the entire game on its head.
0: <laughs> See, it sounds like this is the the kind of thing that is going to be a a uh, a nurturing environment for emergent gameplay and emergent narratives. Yes. Um, and I've come to realize recently that in games broadly, that that is what I am looking for. I'm looking yeah. for things that I wasn't expecting to happen that then happen just because of the way things are set up. So things like that, where like someone gets voted out because of a complex series of events that make it so that they are the only possible person who could be voted out. Like, I'm here for when the system breaks down. <laughs> yeah. <okay. laughs> or when the system operates yeah. in a way that was not the way that it was intended, but it's what we have and and it leads to some interesting results. Yes. It sounds fascinating.
2: It yeah, is super fascinating. And sometimes there's these characters like there's this one character named Coach who is just like like a, I don't know if he's insane, but like, he sure comes across as insane. Um and like, and, the and there's different versions of him over the different seasons that he's played. There's, like, there's, like, kind of asshole, like, crazy coach in the first season that he's on. And then, like, the second season, it's, like, yeah, he's crazy, but also he's, like, he he's a, he's a Jesus man, you know? Mm, okay. Um, Like, there's some seasons, especially, like, more towards the beginning where, like, people, like, really, like really get into their religion while they're out there, which is, you know, like, kind of makes sense, you know, if you're religious and, you know, you're in a stressful situation, you're gonna fall back on that sort of thing. It's never my favorite, though, when that happens. Um, but yeah, there's, like, some really crazy players, there's some really, like, sadistic evil players who, like, like, there's one guy who would literally, like, bury the machete so no one could open up, uh, coconuts because he was mad. Um, wow. You know, like, wow. people have, like, thrown the flint into the ocean so no one could have fire. Like, people have, like, upended the bag of rice when they get angry. You know, like, it's just, you see all facets of humanity on the show.
1: All those people went on to win.
2: No. <laughs> no. I don't think any of them did. Oh, no good. Yeah. Yeah. Russell Hance, he's the guy who uh, would bury the machete. And like, he was- Repeatedly? I think he's did it more than once. Um
0: <laughs> Russell's here again. Up oh, where's the machete? Ah oh, yeah, it's in the dirt.
2: It's he made guy. it to the end twice and didn't win. Um because people just hated him. Like
0: I couldn't remember where he buried the machete.
2: Yeah. He, uh, he had really good gameplay, but no but like he was so despised and that's that's the social aspect of the game, right? Like you can have really good gameplay and get to the end, but if like everyone literally hates you, then they're not going to give you a million dollars. Like even if you deserve it. <laughs>
0: Deserves according to who?
2: Yeah. Man, but yeah, I love Survivor.
0: Now I feel like I need to actually sit down and watch a season.
2: Um. Yeah. Let me. Or, or at least let attempt. Me, let me think about some good seasons that with good like gameplay and characters, and I'll uh, I'll send you a, a list. Put it in the show notes. Yeah, maybe.
0: Also, I have a question Yeah. about this. I have seen an image on the internet of two women who gasp and put their hands over their mouth like they're looking at something in the distance. And behind them stands a young man who is watching the same thing. And when they both gasp, he just kind of gets a broad smile on his face. Is this a survivor thing? I
2: don't know, you'll have okay. to find I'll have, this I'll for have to me find
0: this, this this and share it because, yeah, somehow in my mind, it seems like the kind of thing that I would observe on a reality t v competition type show, and i and something about the look of it just made me think that it is survivor, but yeah, maybe maybe I'm just I'm wishing I don't know.
1: Yeah, can't, can't, I'm trying to pull it up on image search, and it's not. There's some
2: fucking weird shit it's coming not, up.
1: Yeah, that's true, and it's not happening. So, I mean, if you can send us a link,
0: I'll see if I can find it, and yeah, uh, and I will, I will share it with you. Because if I, yeah, what's going to be funny is if it's not Survivor and it's just it's like a news clip or just something. Any just, people
1: <laughs> on the beach?
0: I've been living a lie this entire time. I had no idea. Anyway, I'll I'll look for it later. Interesting.
1: Are we ready for another topic?
2: Yeah, let's do sure. another one. Maybe the last
1: one. Yeah, this is the last okay. one of the night. John, this is uh, your topic. Excluding certain topics from my Twitter recommendations has never been harder. And also, trying to understand why Russell Crowe keeps showing up in the suggested posts of the Ashby Brewery account.
0: Yes. I, more and more these days, find myself using Twitter to uh, interact with people and things like that. It's become kind of my social network of choice. And the way that I've mostly made it work well is by meticulously curating what I'm following and meticulously blocking accounts that I have no interest in. And, yeah. and, uh, and just, you know, just kind of sticking to what I'm, what I'm looking for and, um, interesting, funny things that people that I know are, are sharing. Mm-hmm. But lately I've been finding like there, there's, um, if you go to the the searching the magnifying glass icon it goes to the like what's going on around the world right now mm-hmm. and it just has all these different trending topics and things like that and also has a place where it says suggested for you <laughs> and based on based on what you are following and and who are you following and and the things you've interacted with it'll give you new suggestions and so until fairly recently my suggested topics were things like baseball which i'm interested in because i follow a lot of baseball people dungeons and dragons tabletop role playing games platformers stuff that's like you know yeah i'm interested in these things well well done algorithm you you got me but lately it has been suggesting two things that i don't really understand why i keep getting it the first is ratchet and clank <laughs> i i couldn't tell you anything about ratchet and clank i don't know what it is I think it's a video game, but, like, have never played it, don't really like anything about or around it, um, that I, I mean, haven't interacted with anything about it, but it just, they, 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 like, Twitter thinks that it is my thing, and so yeah. I, 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 I don't want that showing up, and so there's an option on the topic that it just suggests you can just click hide, and it says, okay, we won't show you this anymore, but... I, I tell you, I will close Twitter and then reopen it and come back later, and sure enough, Ratchet & Clank is there.
1: <laughs> uh, like I, I remember a topic coming up. It was, the topic was video games. And I was like, don't show me this. And it was like, okay, we won't show you this topic anymore. And I was like, holy shit, really? You're just never going to show me a video game? And then what I didn't realize is that, like, every individual video game is also its own topic, and those are st- mm. it's still going to show to me. Like, they have so many. So it could have, like, every Ratchet and Clank level might have its own topic. I mean... Ratchet and Clank separately probably have topics.
0: That's what I'm worried about.
1: Right. Um, uh, but what I recommend, and this, is, this goes to all the listeners as well, if you're on Twitter, uh, I use a, um, an extension to Firefox. I bet it's on Chrome as well, called Tweak New Twitter. Oh. And you can turn off basically every UI element...
0: Oh, okay.
1: Topics are gone. Retweets are gone. Quote tweets are gone.
0: Wow. Really just getting back to the to the basics.
1: Like every everything that the algorithm tries to shove at you is gone. It's just – I just see what people I follow tweet in the order that they tweeted it. Uh, not even retweet. Like I don't want to see that shit because uh. usually it's some usually, – usually it's the shit that made them mad. Uh, right. <laughs> I also have a uh, voluminous set of muted keywords.
0: Mm, smart. <laughs>
1: uh, I mean, so yeah, that, this is yeah. how I make Twitter livable.
0: I mean that, that that certainly sounds like a start, but but I tell you, like if I'm so so the other thing is that I'm doing this on my phone. And oh I, yeah, i
1: can't I've, you can't do that. Then you, you
0: can't you can't do that, and but just like the idea of saying. I don't want to see Ratchet and Clank anymore, and they're like, "Yeah, cool. We won't show you Ratchet and Clank anymore." And then, like, you close it and then reopen it, and boom, there's Ratchet and Clank in it. There's (laughs) Toronto Ultra, the esports team. I have, I have told, told Twitter over and over again that I'm not interested in esports at all, at all, and yet it keeps coming up.
1: Yeah, honestly, that sounds like a bug. Maybe you should report it, or maybe you should quit Twitter and go to the Fediverse instead.
0: There's that. But what I was going to say was, I found a solution somewhat. Which is if I search for the specific topic that, that keeps showing up that I don't want. Yeah. And click on it. Yeah. And then say, never show me this again. Then it's like, got it, got it. We won't, we won't show you. And that seems to have done it. But it's like, but it's a matter of having to go and, and seek out Toronto Ultra yeah. and telling the topic that you don't yeah, want. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're, you're getting there. The, you're getting the algorithm all excited. Like, yes, I'm going to catch this guy. He and loves like the old. Toronto Ultra. I knew it and, yeah, and then you shut it down. It was like a punch in the face.
2: It bothers me that it's so much work to yeah. not get shown things that we don't want to see. Like this happens to me on Instagram too. Yeah, mm. they do this thing where they they just like suggest uh, like images to to look at based off of things that I've liked in the past, mm. and I have to shut it down every thirty days. Like you can't just stop it forever they only stop it for 30 days. Right. And it's just like, fuck you man, I just want to see the shit that I have decided that I want to follow. That's it.
0: And 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 Instagram is an even harder one because then like if you hover over something for too long, like if a if a if a reel pops up that's like, what is this? And then it it becomes something that that you don't want. It already thinks you've interacted with it, yeah. and then it starts serving you more of that. <laughs> yeah. Inescapable.
1: What like, what happens is that Mark Zuckerberg he's, he's getting mugged and someone's like shoving a gun up at his face and he says see less of this i want to see less of this
2: part. do you think he goes anywhere without a bodyguard
1: i i don't think he goes anywhere that's not on his private property
2: yeah eat the
1: rich <laughs> I, know. I mean yes you've got to worry yes. about biomagnification you're right mm. we're
0: going to we're going to end up on a list all of us here from us. <laughs> um but 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 the thing that I wanted to to share adjacent to this, in addition to Twitter recommendations being ridiculous and terrible, um, was my story about Russell Crowe and the Ashby Brewery account. Oh, right. Spoiler alert for Frog Fractions, um, the ARG. So, at at Ashby Brewery is an account that I created. Ha-ha! I'm the creator of it. Um, (laughs) many, 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 many years ago, when Jim and I were living together in South Berkeley... And we lived across from the Ashby BART station. And one year for Christmas, my spouse gave me a Mr. Beer kit. Mr. Beer is a two-gallon brew-your-own-beer system. Very mm-hmm. simple. But, you know, I, I I enjoy beer, and so I thought, might as well make my own. So I got this, and just because we were right next to Ashby, and because I was brewing beer, I said, ha-ha, Ashby Brewery. And then... Um, because Jim was making video games, it kind of parlayed that into Ashby Brewery and Indie Game Studio. And that led to making branded labels that a friend of mine made the art for, which might be out and about in certain places and corners of the internet. Um, (laughs) and, and, and anyway, so like, I, I think I tweeted once from that account, just saying like, it's something or other night at the Ashby Brewery. I don't even know what it was now. I could probably look it up. Um, but but I and I just kind of let it left it because okay this is a funny account um, and then many years later when the frog fractions two ARG became a thing I forget, I think it was you Jim may have asked me if I was doing anything with it and, and if it could be involved in some way I don't remember the specifics uh, do you remember how that went down?
1: <laughs> we issued a Kickstarter update oh. about what the new the new S- recipe the new. Uh, flavor of beer that you're working on
0: all the brews that's fit to print. <laughs> right, <The> brews <bruise> letter.
1: <laughs> right, right, right. The quarterly brews letter.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: uh, and uh, we had a website. That's right. Uh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, now led I led people that. to that website, and then like there was there wasn't really even a puzzle there until like a year later. It right. It was just like stuff there that confused people.
0: Yeah, just like red herring central. Um,
1: I I remember if I remember right, I had the address of uh oh what's the name of Berkeley? It was Berkeley Bowl on the website, and it was just like it, this was a this was a terrible idea because people were like, oh, we better go here and find the next clue.
0: Yeah, people were going to to Berkeley Bowl and like harassing the staff, asking about Ashby Brewery beers.
1: <laughs> really. I I don't I, remember if that actually think, happened, but I, I think, think I that an, was that was a concern that we had.
0: Anecdotal wow. evidence that that might have happened. Someone wow, someone okay. went and, and asked about it, and were like,
1: I mean, it was eventually a puzzle where you were supposed to meet uh, a guy in a bee costume at <laughs> at the Berkeley Bowl. And I
0: remember trying to solve that puzzle too. It was pretty
1: interesting. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, and that that was a uh, part of the. I, I was so glad to have turned that that part of the arc design over to other people. Right. <laughs> Because like I was trying to ship a video game.
0: Right. I you didn't you don't have time to to be everywhere at once. Be you don't have time to be the B man from, from whatever. That's right. Um, but the reason I, I wanted to bring up the After Brewer account is because now that uh I, I am once again the steward of that account, and I, I, you know, periodically will just like go over to check to make sure nothing crazy is going on with it, um, which there hasn't been but there was a time for a couple of months where i'm i'm not sure why this was but i i'd get these like hey you haven't been around for a while here's some something that might be interesting to you and 100% of the time it was a, it was like someone posting a picture of russell Crowe. <laughs> like it, it literally the only the only only thing that that would ever end up in my check this out feed was Russell Crowe stuff. And it got to the point where I had to block the word Russell, the word Crow, the word, like the combination Russell Crowe phrase, um, any accounts. And I think I finally did my little trick where like, I don't want to see the topic Russell Crowe. Um, and that seems to have worked. Um, I was I, I was
1: going to guess that like, it was still like, hey, check this out. We got something special for you. And you click there and you just can't <laughs> look at the tweet because you, you blocked it.
0: Right. I mean, that happens to me every once in a while where like I'll I'll uh I'll see somebody responding to something and it'll say this tweets unavailable and you click it and it's like, oh, this is a tweet from a terrible person that you've blocked in the past. Right. Um, I think the thing that I'm trying to get my mind around is what did I do? What did any of us this. do with, with that account to cause Russell Crowe to be the only the only thing that shows up? Like, it's not even like, it's, hey, we're getting a lot of Russell Crowe content. It's like, we're only getting Russell Crowe content.
1: So I just looked at all of the tweets of the Ashby Brewery. Mm -hmm. And I scrolled through all the followers and I still have no idea.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I can't. Well, and the other thing I, I will say is that, like, I was not always the only steward of this account. So it's entirely possible that at some point... Or I mean the other the other thing that I'm thinking about is did I at some point have my browser open logged into that account and then for whatever reason did a search for Russell Crow and there's just like a permanent Russell Crow cookie somewhere that that Twitter picked up and it's like yep this is this is what we do or did someone else do that
1: did you try logging in and checking your DMs like maybe one of the other stewards had a bunch of like a bunch of DMs with Russell Crow.
0: I feel like, well, now that I've blocked him, I don't know if I'll be able to tell.
1: Yeah. Does it delete yeah.
0: the entire history when you block someone?
1: I Yeah, I don't know. I've never tried it. Never tried DMing somebody and then blocking them.
0: It's a mystery. And that's why they call me John Mystery. No one calls me that. I'm kidding.
1: And that's the, all the time we have for Topic Lords. <laughs> <laughs> April, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet?
2: Um, if you want to follow my uh, embroidery... Instagram account. It's Midnight Garden Stitchery. It's
0: a good name. Thanks. It's a good account. I, I approve of it. Thanks. Or I mean, not that you need my approval, but like, I like it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you're good.
1: John, you gave her permission to be on the internet. Right? <laughs> uh, and and John, if this is something that you want, where can people find you on the internet?
0: Sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RobohunkX
1: um also a good name
0: also a good name i you know RoboHunk. the original was taken by someone else who has not tweeted in 10 years and at some point i wonder if it's in my power to just say hey i don't know if this person's interested in twitter can i have that that account but yeah in the meantime that's where i am and you can also find at ashby brewery on twitter if you want to see remnants of the of the past and uh please don't send any russell crow content there because i won't see it <laughs>
1: thanks so much for being on
2: you're welcome thanks for having us
0: thank you
1: hi this is jim this is the audio i append to every episode of topic lords congratulations to our newly anointed lords this episode was edited by esper quinn who can also edit your episode if you contact them on twitter if you'd like more people to hear the show you can tell your friends about it or rate and review us on whatever podcast service you use You can add content to the Topic Bucket by emailing topicbucket at topiclords.com, and you can contribute to our Patreon at patreon.com slash topiclords. Patrons get episodes a week early, and you get access to the Topic Lords Discord, where you can discuss topics with all the lords that hang out in there. See you next episode!